Welcome to the First Presbyterian Church Newburn Podcast. My name is Paul Scott Chernitsky. I am your host, and I am joined again. We have come back together, uh, my co-host, Anna. Paul Scott, how is my favorite litter pirate? Uh, pretty good. Okay, let's catch up. You went to Chapel Hill. Yes, ordination. It was just great worship. By the way, put a little footnote in this. I want a Zimbal Stern. Okay. We'll talk about that another time. Copy that. Um, I I it got it was so rainy that day. Mm-hmm. If you're a regular podcast listener, I was going to go pick up trash in Beaufort. Well, then we postponed it, and then we thought we'd postpone it for a week, but all of their schedules and all of my schedules are too complicated. So it's so it's going to be in the spring. Okay. So good news, podcast listeners, you have time to join us. Yes, because the truth is you can be a litter pirate anytime, correct? You don't have to wait for a special day. I mean, exactly. It's a little littery out there. So uh, go be a litter pirate and then meet with us in the spring. It'll be great. (laughs) Okay, what's going on around here? Uh, You have some uh, Advent thing in your hands. What's that Yes, well, I just printed a draft of the Advent devotional. Um, Our theme this year is Those Who Dream. And so it's, it's a little scripture and quote for each day during Advent. Advent begins on December 3rd. So that's next Sunday. We have the Advent Craft Fair in the Sunday School Hour. That's in the J. Murphy Smith Center, which is um, just across the street. It's where we have all of our fellowship dinners. It's where the preschool is located. And that's a super fun event. There's some crafts. There'll be refreshments. But you can make an Advent wreath. And Advent is a time of preparation, welcoming Jesus. We're also doing a new thing this year at the Advent Craft Fair. We're doing a backpack blessings build. So you know we're a part of this um, this organization that packs up food for kids on the weekends, kids who might struggle if they didn't have the school's meals provided. And so this has been a really active ministry. And so we're going to do one of the builds at our craft fair. Um, and we have a lot of members. It's a bunch of different churches, a bunch of different people, but we're going to do that one right here next Sunday. That's pretty cool. One of the ladies I've worked with for a long time in Craven County Schools, Reva Martin, uh, she's affiliated with a church, I think in Jones County, actually, yeah. but uh, she's a big participant in yeah. that. I actually, she's getting close to retirement from the school Ooh. district, and I said, Reva, you should you should work at Backpass yeah. full time. She's thinking about it, to be honest. Well, um, unfortunately, the need has increased. And so that is one of the things we love about it is that it's a big, it's a people come together to do it. It's not just one church. It's not just one place. Um, and so we have a lot of church members that volunteer to go help with those builds at another church. But maybe if you've thought about trying it, um, but aren't really sure about going to a different place, who's going to be there, this is a great way to give it a, give it a little test. Uh, and then, yeah, I got my little dream card in the mail, my yes. little postcard. So there's all the services coming up. Correct. Okay. Longest, no, Longest candlelight. night. Well, candlelight is on December 10th. And yeah. I will say that this week, the December newsletter comes out and well, my article, I sort of describe each service. So, Excellent. Excellent. But candlelight is our music service. So it's all the choirs, handbells. Um, it's sort of a lessons and carols, not traditionally, strictly, but that's a really wonderful service with a reception afterwards. We're asking for volunteers for help with the reception. Then on, let's see. Is it Longest Night is next? Longest Night. And that's on the actual Longest Night. And that's a service for people. um, Well, it's for a lot of different people. Sometimes people who are grieving, the holidays can be particularly difficult because it's a time when you remember the people you're missing. But it's also with fresh grief when you're surrounded by so much... um, you know, so many holiday commercials and this idea that we're all supposed to be happy. This service is a place where you can simply be and you can acknowledge that you're grieving. And sometimes people who are grieving are also people who are happy. It doesn't have to be one or the other. 
But I really appreciate a time and a space where I can say, yeah, I'm really missing some people this season. A a great uh, cinematic uh, representation of that is my favorite Christmas movie that I watch every year called Family Stone. The Family Yes, Stone. you have told me about this, and I don't think it's on any of the streaming services. I, I, it is now on Hulu, if you have Hulu. I have Hulu for like two more weeks. You need so. to watch it. I already watched it. I watched it over the break. Maybe we'll but, watch it tonight. But my mom says, why does everything at Christmas have to be sad? Because she's noticing all the sad commercials. Yeah. And I said, well, have I got the service for you? Yes. Longest night. Um. So just because we have all ages listening to our podcast, is Family Stone, is it a PG-13? Is it a? Is it an R movie? Is it a... I think it's probably at least PG-13. Okay. So just... I don't think it's R. Proceed at your own level of risk. For sure. For yes. sure. And to be honest, if I was a kid, it'd probably be really boring. Yes. But, but sometimes, I mean, there's... Yeah. Anyway, you get it. You get it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I think... Okay. Advent Craft Fair, all the services. Oh, and then Christmas Eve is on a Sunday to catch back up Yes. That's so, the longest night, then it's all the Christmas Eve services, So right? morning is going to be the fourth Sunday of Advent. Got it. And I'm preaching at both of those services. And then at five o'clock, we have our family service, which people of all ages come to. That one is traditionally packed. Now, Sunday being on Christmas Eve, the, the algorithm is a little off. I don't know what it'll be like, but you don't want to arrive late for that one. And then at seven o'clock, we have a more traditional um, Christmas Eve service with communion and music and carols and and, and who knows yeah because you never know right yeah uh, last year the later service was kind of a little more chill so if that's right. what you want yeah i, I talked I mean, to some people in up in the balcony that that service that were happy yeah. that there was a little bit of a yes but. it's not i mean let's face it when you have we have 50 kids who've signed up to help with the five o'clock service um they will probably have consumed a good deal of sugar that day. Um, we're tracking Santa on the radar. You know, I mean, it's a... I'll be tracking Santa on the radar. I'll be have consumed a lot of gummy worms. I'll be up in the tower. And that's the thing. Are we, We're streaming definitely... All of them. All, all four, right? We're yes, just, we're streaming. Let's go all four. Yep. Yep. We're doing it. All four. All right, everyone. Well, we uh, will talk to you. We're, we're normal next week, right? We're back together. I don't know. What is next week? I don't know. It's December uh, 2nd. <laughs> pro- yes. No, 3rd. It's I'm the 3rd. I am not planning to go anywhere. Me so, neither. yes. So, I'm here. The hosts will be back next week. Yes. We hope you have a great week <laughs> and enjoy uh, Anna's sermon. You're preaching today, right? I, I think so. Yes. Okay. She's preaching today. She'll yes, probably. Yes, I am. I'm giving you a hard time. But the yes. question is will she insert some jokes in her sermon? Ooh, it's not a jokey sermon today. Oh, it's serious. It's serious, but it's joyful uh i traditionally don't laugh at anna's jokes no only because i'm really dry i don't know i don't laugh at comments you don't think i'm funny um i just uh have we pointed out the comment card we got it was not a comment card it was a visitor registration sheet and one of our youth said i don't need to be contacted by the pastor i'm already in touch with anna she's really funny you can't miss her i mean you do have it framed probably somewhere yes and it's on the website um all right everyone have a great week we will talk to you next week Thank you. Let us pray. God, you are our shepherd. As we learn more about what it means to follow you and only you, We pray that you would help us to set aside the distractions, set aside anything and everything that keeps us from hearing the words and the love of our shepherd. We are grateful. Amen.
Our scripture reading for today does come from the book of Ezekiel. We are reading from the 34th chapter. You can follow along in the Bible that you can find near the hymnal. You can also follow along on the sidebar of the bulletin if you would like. Ezekiel chapter 34. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep and will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries and will bring them into their own land. I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the water courses and in all the inhabited parts of the land. I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture in the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, and I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost, and I will bring back the strayed, and I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. Therefore, thus says the Lord God to them, I myself will judge between the fat sheep and the lean sheep. Because you pushed with flank and shoulder and butted at the weak animals with your horns until you scattered them far and wide, I will save my flock, and they shall no longer be ravaged, and I will judge between sheep and sheep. I will set up over them one shepherd, my servant David, and he shall feed them. He shall feed them and be the shepherd. And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David shall be prince among them. I, the Lord, have spoken. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Pastor John Acuff in his online journal entitled Stuff Christians Like, wrote an entry in April of 2009 that I've never been able to get out of my mind. I revisit it periodically. In it, he wrote, I don't want to brag, but I'm pretty awesome at applying Band-Aids. And make no mistake, there is an art. Because if you go too quickly and unpeel them the wrong way, they stick to themselves, and you end up with a wadded, useless mess instead of the Little Mermaid festooned bandage your daughter so desperately wants to apply to a boo-boo that may be, in fact, 100% fictional. But, he wrote, sometimes the cuts are real. Like the day my five-year-old got a scrape on her face playing in the front yard. I rushed into the house and returned with a princess bandage. As I bent down to apply it to her forehead, her eyes filled up with tears, and she shrank back from me. What's wrong, I asked. I don't want to wear that band-aid, she said. Why, I asked her. You have a cut. You need a band-aid. I'll look silly, she answered. Well, he wrote, other than her sister and her mom, there was no one else in the yard. There were not cars streaming down the road to watch us play. Her world was pretty empty at the moment. 
He said, but I was struck that for the first time in her life, she felt shame. She had discovered shame somewhere this little five-year-old child of mine had learned to be afraid of looking silly. Acuff said that if he were smarter, he said, I might have been prepared for this transition from toddler to little girl. I might have asked her, who told you that you were silly? He said, but I didn't think of that question. I didn't think of it until I was later reading scripture and came across that haunting and beautiful passage from Genesis chapter 3, where God asks one of the saddest questions in the Bible, who told you that you were naked? He asks Adam and Eve, who told you you were naked? And when I read that, he said, I hear the hurt in God's voice and the sadness as of a father holding a daughter who for the first time has wrapped herself in shame. He said, after I read that, the questions came fast, the questions that we are asked, that we should be asked. Who told you that you are not enough? Who told you that I didn't love you? Who told you there was something outside of me you needed? Who told you you were ugly? Or who told you that your dream was foolish? Who told you that you're not a good mother? Who told you that you're not a good father? Who told you that without a job you're not worth anything? Who told you that you're only important because of who you're married to or who you're with? Who told you you'll never know love again? Who told you that there, this is all there is? All of them, he said, variations of that question, God asked Adam and Eve, who told you that you were naked? He said, I don't know when we discovered shame. I don't know when we discovered that there are people who think we might be silly or dumb or not a good writer or a husband or a wife or a friend. I don't know the lies that we've been told by the world or even sometimes the lies that our own minds tell ourselves. But I know that when we go to God, we hear something different. God asks us those questions precisely because we are not naked. We are not worthless. We are not hopeless. We are not dumb or ugly or forgotten. We are important. We are loved. That's the message Ezekiel is trying to get to the people. That they need not feel shame. They need to know that they are loved. That that is what is ahead for them. In the time of Ezekiel, in the time of this writing, the situation was grim. The outlook was worse. The people were defeated. They were in exile. Now, it was their own doing. Ezekiel was a prophet, and he had tried to tell them. He had desperately tried to tell them all the ways that they were going wrong. They were going wrong and thinking that the answer would be in having more. And it never is. That the answer was that they were strong and self-sufficient and that they didn't really need God. And that's not the answer. They were in stubborn denial. They herded determinedly into the mistakes that led them into exile. And Ezekiel saw it coming and he did everything he could to get the people to change their course, to move in another direction. But they ignored him. They had drifted far from God's plan, far from God's word, far from God's intent. And now they had fallen. They were scraped up. They were injured. They were vulnerable. 
And Ezekiel does something in his prophecy here that is worth noting because Ezekiel did see this coming. But what do you do? How do you respond when you know someone is going to fall? And then they fall. Well, you reach out and you give them a hand. You offer to get them a Band-Aid. You do what you can to help them heal. Just because you know someone is going to fall doesn't mean that you don't jump in and help when it happens and show empathy for their damaged pride. Once they have fallen, Ezekiel once again comes back with words from God, and this time, just as strong as he had been in trying to get them to change their ways, he goes just as strong in telling them that there are good days ahead, that they are still loved, that God still wants to be their shepherd. Comforts them comforts them with words that would have been familiar, images good to recall, that they are cared for, beloved children of God, that despite what has happened, God has not abandoned them because the shepherd does not abandon his sheep. They shall feed on rich pasture on the mountains of Israel. I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep. Those are the words they hear, that God will gather the dislocated and the scattered people, gather them so that they can begin their journey home. God will give them the location for which they are so desperately hungering. But not just that. Because even in this message, there is this reminder from God that when they go back, they need to go back a new way. God says, I'm not just going to return you so we can do this all over again. In fact, let's not do this all over again. Here are some things you can do so that we don't just repeat this over and over. Know that you are my people, God says, and that you're never going to be faithful as long as you continue to elbow other people out of the way. As long as you think you can find the answer in more and bigger you're never going to be satisfied. Go my way, God tells them. Listen to what can be, Ezekiel cries out. And sometimes when we're at a low point, we're able to listen in a way we can't any other time. I know that's true for me, but I also wonder if that isn't true right now in our world. In our world where the headlines and the news seem to be screaming out that we need to find a different way to let go of the binaries that have so long defined us to embrace the possibilities. Because the headlines are pretty grim. But as wiser people than me throughout the years have reminded me, it's not the headlines that matter. It's what's happening behind them and beneath them and around them. In my church in Lewisburg, West Virginia, there was a member there who had retired from his family's car dealership. And after his retirement, one of the things he did at least once a year, and usually twice a year, was that he would just go solo, hop in his car, and go on a cross-country road trip. He would do what I could never do. He went without an agenda, without a schedule, without an itinerary, and he just traveled. And every time he would come back to me and he'd say, Anna, you don't know what you're missing. And that people are good and kind and welcoming. 
You read the papers and you read the headlines, but there's so much more that you don't see. I travel this country coast to coast and I meet the most interesting people. I have the conversations and I don't agree with everybody that I meet, but I find that generally there is so much goodwill, that there are such good people out there and you never hear about it by only reading the headlines. Ezekiel says we need to look beneath the headlines. God says we need to learn to see ourselves as loved, and not just us, but all of us. To know that things are more complicated and not as simple as yes or no or right or wrong. Thomas Friedman wrote a compelling piece for the New York Times last week after spending an extended time in the Middle East. And one of his goals with this article was to convey just how much more complicated things are than most of us realize. He told stories to do this. He told stories of Israeli hospitals where over half of the staff are made up by Arabs, Arabs who were working 24-hour shifts to heal all of the injured people who were coming in. He told stories of Bedouin Arabs who are being sheltered and saved by Israeli Jews from attacks. And all of this happening in the midst of horror and chaos and disarray. He suggests that if you read his article, he wants and he hopes that we'll walk away with a deeper understanding that it's far more complex than we could ever realize, but also that there is so much more humanity present than any simple article could ever convey. So much more. I thought about a rabbi and an imam in Virginia who have their communities gather every week for prayers on Friday. And when events started happening in October, they considered that maybe out of respect for each other and the hurting of each of their communities, they should pause those prayers for a while. And after talking about it, decided that that was the wrong direction entirely. Instead of taking a break, they needed to make a greater commitment than ever before to being together, to working together, not because it was easier, but because it was harder with all that was going on. It was all the more important that they stay engaged, stay connected. And this is just a little one, but it struck me this past week that even things could happen with our government. Shelley Moore Capito, a Republican from West Virginia, and Raphael Warnock, a Democratic senator from Georgia, worked together and had a resolution that passed the Senate. Good things can happen. And I think Ezekiel is calling out to us to say that we too can listen to the words of the prophets and change the path we travel, and that it begins. It begins not by noticing all of the things that other people need to change, but by changing the narratives we tell our own selves. The truth that we are born with, the truth that comes from our baptism, the truth that we are fed with at this table, that we are God's beloved children. And God is our shepherd, a shepherd like no other that is not in it for the prophet, but is in it to care for his sheep so that they can be happy and fed and safe. That Jesus is our king, but not like any other king. Ezekiel, using the words of God, is hoping that the people will open themselves to a new possibility 
a new idea for the kingdom that God wants for them. To get there, we follow God. God who is our shepherd. God who never gives up on being our shepherd. God who always sees and knows what the true kingdom can be like. Because God does not see us as broken. God sees us as beautiful and sheep worthy of searching and feeding and care. Of possible. It's not a band-aid. It's an entirely new world. Because we are not silly. We are not lost. We just don't always know exactly where we are. So let us hear the word of God for us this morning, that we are God's people, the sheep of his pasture. We are loved, and we are invited to travel a path that's different than the one most of us have known, the one that our minds try and lie to us about, the one that the world tells us is not the one that will lead us to peace and hope and possibility. We get there only by following God. And this is the day that asks us, Christ wants to be our king. Do we want to be subjects in his kingdom? God wants to be our shepherd. So let us follow him and be shepherded by him. Thanks be to God. Amen. Friends. As we leave this place, know that wherever you go, whatever you do, you are God's beloved children. The Lord is our shepherd. We shall not want. Alleluia. Amen. Amen.